to Jay Jake Jackets. Gear up to fire the cannon and hit the ice with your host, Jay Ashdown and Jake Gehringer. I slept all day. Yeah. I like, like I didn't. Okay. I didn't sleep last night. Like all night mm. long. I brewed a whole pot of coffee, drank the whole thing, and then went to lay down at like 930 and then slept until like, I don't know, three, four. Jeez. <laughs> I, I, <sighs> like I said, I can't blame you for that. Like, sounds exhausting crazy time crazy crazy times just like this show (laughs) so we're gonna um we're gonna start off by talking about the jackets first first time for everything all right then holy crap right blue jackets podcast finally leading off with blue jackets stuff right yeah so the nhl came out with their like they're still releasing it. I think the most recent one was Montreal. They're doing their like five questions series. Yeah. And uh, the five questions facing Columbus Blue Jackets. This was written by Tom Gulidi. I believe that's how you say it. I mean, he's just a staff writer. This came out like three days ago. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to go in depth on this one. And just like, you know, address the questions. We're not going to go over the whole article, but I just want to like address the questions and get our thoughts on it. Works for me. I like the, um, the, uh, the picture is uh, Z with the 20th anniversary patch and everything. It's nice. Nice. So the first question, how long will the rebuild take? So they went 18, 26, and 12 last year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They traded Felino. Uh, they traded, traded Dubois. Traded Dubois, traded Savard. In this offseason, they traded Seth. Yeah. It's an interesting question because the rebuild's been a little delayed because. I mean, the rebuild was really supposed to start after Panarin and Bobrovsky left. And Duchesne I've seen left. People bring up Duchesne leaving, but he was more of a rental anyway. They didn't even right. offer him a deal. Like that's when the rebuild was supposed to start, and then the next year, um, they came. They come out. They're all right. They're they're exactly kind of like how we thought they'd be. And then for some, they have a bunch of injuries. And when they have a bunch of injuries, it's when they're playing at their best. You know, they get unbelievable goaltending from Corpusalo. Then he goes down, and then they get unbelievable. And then Elvis goes Leakins. off the. And then yeah. the pandemic hits, and they make the playoffs because of the weird format, and they beat Toronto with a healthy team. So I mean, you go into the. Beating Toronto season. with a sick team wouldn't be hard. <laughs> yeah, like, like, but but you come into you come into the season a shortened season, 
not necessarily knowing what you are because you thought last year you're going to be a rebuilding team, but you made the right. playoffs. And then it finally hits you. Um, goaltending didn't hold up the way that it did the year prior. You know, you still have some injuries. Guys mm-hmm. aren't playing to the level that you'd expect or hope. Seth Jones took a major step back. Right. And reality hits you in the face. Dubois doesn't want to be there anymore for whatever reason. We still haven't figured it out. But you trade him, you get two pieces. One, Jack Rosovic, we like a lot. One, Patrick Laine, who the, the talent's there. But I mean, there's also he's also a very incomplete player, too. That's the thing is, like, we still love Patty, though. Mm-hmm. Just we love him of, because we know what he can be. Yeah, and we know his status as a young superstar in this league. Like, because <laughs> he has, and that's the thing, like, you say that, like, but is he a superstar? I mean, he is, like. But we'll he get, isn't, you know what I mean? He's in that weird, like, okay, we'll we'll talk about uh, Kakanyemi again later. But he's kind of like in that middle ground where KK is. I don't. I disagree because I, I, I think he's better than. Well, I, I don't. Th- I don't no, think those okay. two are in the same tier. But listen, they're not in the same tier, but they're like having very similar situations where it's like they need to be able to show what they can do. Yeah, and where it's like it's a situation where you love the player more so because you know what they can be than what right. they actually are. And that's kind of where we're at with Patrick Lanny because I mean, you saw like very early, what was it? Like, I think it was the second season in not only second season in Winnipeg, his second year in the league, he was 19 freaking years old. He scored 44 goals. Yeah, exactly. But, like, you know, what, you know what he can do. Like he is the premier, like he's the premier young goal scorer in this he league. Is. And, and that's the thing. Like, he has so much damn potential. You see it, and like he's so inconsistent, and, and there's a lot of holes in his game. But you also just look at the raw talent, and you're like, God, if this guy can just like, if he can just mold it together, he'd be by far the best offensive player the Jackets have ever seen. And this is an organization oh, yeah. that's had Panarin for two years. We've had Rick Nash. You know, yeah, like, Rick like, Nash like, was unbelievable. Like it, it's not like a a, a franchise with with a the storied history of, of unbelievable talents, but right. because it's such a young franchise, but you know, they're not, they're, there are some guys who have been outstanding for them here. Like it's weird because like, you don't necessarily consider 20 years to be a long time or a short time for a sports franchise. It's just kind of like this weird middle ground where it's like, Oh, They've been around that long already? I didn't know mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Because, like, I try to think about it, and, like, you compare it to, like, the other team that they came into the league with, Minnesota. Right. Minnesota also hasn't been to a Stanley Cup final. Um, and they've been around for the same amount of time. And if you look at them, you're thinking, well, who is their best player, too? Because ours, would I right. would say, is Rick Nash. Because he was there. Mm-hmm. He was a star for a while. Maybe – Maybe it's Panarin j- just in terms of total talent and how incredible right. he was, but he was only there for two years, so it's hard to make that. For the Wild, it's like, who would it be? In and terms of franchise guy, I would say if we're comparing to Minnesota, for us, Probably it would be... Gabrick, right? Yeah, it would be Gabrick and Rick Nash. 
Yes. Right. So like, I'd say that's pretty comparable. And when you look at two franchises that have been around for, for the same years, amount of time, you know what I mean? So that's where like, we love Patrick Lanning is we're just like, God, we, we, we see what he can be. And we hope that he could be that. And that's, and that's what we like, but he's, he's not that yet. He needs to be. Which I believe, how do I say this? Like I loved towards when he was here, we've talked about this before, but his coaching style didn't mesh with what Patty does. Yeah. And, and you and, can see that from a mile away, you know? And it, yeah. And I'm really hoping, which I mean, we'll see here coming a month, mm-hmm. if Lars is able to unlock that. Yeah, like I, I hope that, and that's going to be like one of the things for Brad Larson. Brad Larson's not coming into an easy job because he is coming into a situation where he has to replace the the best coach in, in franchise history, right. in Tortorella. Um, he's coming in with an already negative reputation amongst the fan base because he has been here for some time. Right. Um, and I, I don't think – it's not an easy situation for him, and, and the roster is not great. I would say so, it's more mixed than negative, though, because he – did have some success in the in his lower roles yeah I, I would just say like the general perception though like just like you just look at how like people reacted when he was hired yeah right. it's not to, it's not to say that we hate this guy or anything no like i didn't it's like to, completely say, turn him no, away no I'm, I'm just saying like in terms of this fan base the general reaction was not positive it, right. it was it was more, I'm trying to think of the word. It was like more I disappointment said, than anything. I said because, mixed, right. Because so. some people were upset about it. And some people were just like, this doesn't excite me at all. Right. There were a lot more. I feel like rather than positive, I feel like it was a lot more like neutral. Just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Because like we wanted something that was going to like make us look forward to the next season. Yeah. We wanted a bigger name, like, like a Tocket or a Boudreaux or something like that. I think, well, I think most of this fan base probably would have wanted Gerard Gallant or Gallant. Yeah. Just because offensively, I mean, God, could you imagine Patrick Laine under in, Gerard Gallant in that, off- in, in that offensive system? You know what I mean? Well, you know, I think it would have been a good hire too. Is, like, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Like guys like Gallant and Boudreaux know how to get the best out of their offensive guys. Mm-hmm. Like when I want to I mean, say, damn, it was, I mean, Mike Green scored thirty goals. That's exactly Boudreaux, what I was going to you know say. I mean? Was Boudreaux and Green? Like, I don't care about your defense. Just go out there and do what you do. Just put the puck in the net. Like, oh, so it, it's. And, and that's the thing, Larson. As far as we know, it like I haven't seen much out of him, and we haven't really seen enough out of him as a coach because he hasn't been to specific roles yet enough to see if he is one of those offensive-minded guys, right? You know, well, he was a power play coach, right? So, so you would hope that he would be, but the power play also stunk. So, like, right. 
that's where that's where like um that's where the issue comes in right you know and 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 now now is that a personnel issue because the blue jackets are team that for the last at least ever since torts was hired they've been a team that's built around goaltending because they have Bobrovsky and you know they mercy against their corpus allo their defense with Zach Renski, Seth Jones, David Savard, Vlad Gavrikov, mm-hmm. you know, like, like they built strong around defense. I mean, they even had Marcus Nubara and Ryan Murray for a while who were awesome on our defense. Oh like, yeah. Like this team was never built on offense. Not really, at least not from the past like decade. And the, the, the last time that the Blue Jackets power play was really, really good. I would say was 2019 in the playoffs. Right. And that's when their personnel was the best because you had Warrenski and Jones, mm-hmm. you had Panarin, you had Dubois. Yep. You had Duchesne. Yep. I mean, even for the second pair, I mean, they, they really liked the looks that they were getting from Texier. Tex and um, Bjork on the Bjork second. Strand, yeah. Cam Atkinson. Yeah. Like, the, like the, that was the, really the best, the personnel we ever had offensively for the power play. And that's when it finally looked good. So like I, I've struggled with like, sometimes I don't like the looks that we get on the power play. I don't like how we've set things up. Mm-hmm. The success isn't there, but it's okay. almost a situation where I have to stand back as a fan and be like, okay, is this a personnel issue though? Are we limited with what we can do because we don't have the talent that other teams so, really have? Here's my answer to that question. So what I think is because of the changes that we made, you know, making the veteran swap between Cam and Borchek and trading out Jones and, you know, mixing up all the guys that we have. They've gone from what they were last year to like a very defensively minded Jeep style grinding team mm-hmm. to they've added enough talent offensively to be a better suited two-way team you know what i mean mm-hmm. so they'll be they they may not be the best on both sides of the puck and both sides of special teams or what have you for this upcoming year but their their overall game is going to get better like right. as a unit and we were just talking about Patrick Laine. So I want to I want mm-hmm. to pull you, I want to pose a question for you mm-hmm. because this is something that I talk about with people sometimes that is legitimate. Like I don't know which one he is. Right. It, as far as a player for this for the future, we've seen so much inconsistency with this guy. This well, he was guy, inconsistent in Winnipeg. Th- yeah, no, that's more so what I'm talking about. I'm not just like, talking about the short right. stint that he had with the Blue Jackets last year. This is more so him as a player because i had these questions about him when he was in Mm -hmm. winnipeg we look at this guy no doubt about it. we see the offensive talent. oh yeah i mean this guy could shoot from anywhere right anywhere and pick just any spot of the net and just nail it every time and then he also you know he he copied the ovi spot (laughs) which is fun and that's the thing if you're looking for a player comp he's this guy what is he six five he's He's gigantic. He's huge. He's a, he's a big boy. He's big, a big body, boy. incredible shot, smooth skater, and yeah. you know he's not known really necessarily as a playmaker. He can make plays though. Like, like he can pass the puck. Oh 100%. yeah. So 
does this guy want to be Alex Ovechkin? Because this guy doesn't play defense. But you know what? To be honest, Ovi doesn't really play defense either. Right. But nobody cares because he's scoring 50 damn goals every year. I believe he does. I, like, I can't read his mind, obviously. Right. But just watching the way he plays, I think he does. And yes. Like, and I think we need someone like that. We need one, maybe two players like that, max. Yeah. And Patty can be that guy. Yeah. So you're fine with this guy not playing defense. I'm fine with him not playing defense if he could put the puck in the net because that's what Ovi does. Yeah. You know, exactly. if he's giving you that production, that's huge. And he's built like Ovi. He sits in Ovi's office. He can pound the puck from anywhere, mm-hmm. but he's not giving you Alex Ovechkin results. He's giving you Phil Kessel results. Which also is good, but you would expect more out of this highly touted guy that was drafted second overall. Well, you got to remember that he's also around our age still. Still very young, but I mean, it, like, as far as the talent's concerned, my, my concern with Line a came from the fact that this dude scored 44 freaking goals when he was, what, 19 going on 20? Yeah. His second year in the league. And then he's regressed. And that's where my concern comes in. If this guy was first season 25 goals, second season 30, third season 30, fourth mm-hmm. season 30, you know, like, like, there's still room to grow and whatnot but it's like it's the fact that we've seen him his first two years he was dynamite and it's like what's gone wrong the last and then we got the young guys like Sillinger and Kent and Chinnikov when he comes in and all these guys that you know are waiting for their shot too Mm -hmm. so just to wrap up this like you know how the length of the rebuild question I can't say a definitive answer but I'm hoping somewhere around maybe the the four or five season mark at best. I think it's going to be quicker than that. Like, I'm going to give just enough room for that. Yeah, I, I would say th- I was, I was going to say three to four seasons. And I'm leaning towards three because, I mean, g- just because of where you have some of these guys mm-hmm. developing. Chinnikov really good in the KHL, is now coming over to America. Marchenko we still got Mar- Marchenko and Voronkov in the KHL. Those guys, you, you know, these guys will be here in the next three years. Right. Like Voronkov and uh, Marchenko will be playing National Hockey League games for the Blue Jackets in the year 2024. So we'll check And then... Okay. Cole Kent's- Sillinger will be playing there too in Canada. Right. And then... Kent's probably going to take maybe two years. I think it'll take probably until like 2025 for Carson Coleman's to, to really see true action with the team. Mm-hmm. He's going to take a little bit longer to develop, but I, I still like what I see there from him. See, cause like um, what I can see with Cole is he takes this year in Michigan. He takes next year, you know, in Cleveland, and then he'll start seeing time with the big boys. Right. That's, That's what I Ken. see out of Cole. Ken. Or Ken, yeah. Yeah. And Sillinger is probably going to take maybe just the one year in Cleveland and then jump up if he doesn't make it out of camp. Mm-hmm. Because even though Kent was the fifth overall pick, I mean, the most NHL ready out of any player that we drafted this draft was, was Cole. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at his dad. <laughs> like... I mean, I mean, this guy is going to be a very good second oh, yeah. center in the NHL, no doubt about it. 
And that's the thing. That's how you set this thing up, man. I mean, Cole Sillinger is going to be a good second line center, and you're hoping that the skill that right. Johnson has, if he develops properly, he's going to be mm-hmm. really good number one center. Okay. Second question. Can Seth Jones be replaced? Yes. Boquist um, is young enough. Um, here, here's it's it's hard to to replace the minutes that Seth Jones plays because right. he can log. I mean, you ask that guy to play thirty minutes, he can do that easily. He's the he's, biggest he work, sleep. He's the biggest workhorse that we've seen on the blue line in years. Um, can can Boquist replace his offensive? production i'm not totally sure because i mean i mean seth has put up some pretty good offensive numbers i mean maybe years. but i mean he is an offensive minded defenseman because so i mean he, maybe it says it's, as far as like defensive like efficiency though like seth jones numbers man the last couple of years he's he's dipped and he just hasn't been the same player that he was in in 17 mm-hmm. 18 so do I think Boakfist can re- replace what Seth Jones was last year or the year before that? I absolutely think he can. So it says here that he had two goals and 14 assists in 35 games with Chicago. Mm-hmm. And he averaged just shy of 17 minutes right. per game. Because he was playing third pairing minutes with, with the Hawks. So he's going to see a – this is going to be a big year for him because he's going to see a major oh, yeah. role increase because they're probably going to rely on him to play those first pairing minutes with Zach because that's going to be the, the defensive pair that they want to see for the future. Right. And he's your best right-hand shot defenseman too. So, I mean, we'll see what Boki can do, but, you know, I do think that he's got that potential – to step into that spot really quickly. Uh, third question: Will Patty be more comfortable in his second season here? Um, I will answer that easily with a yes. You would hope and the so. The reason I say yes is because it would be very difficult to make it more uncomfortable than what last season was. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that I would give you an, a, a yes. Now, does that mean he's going to be comfortable? Does it mean he's going to be comfortable even if he's more comfortable um i hope he's more comfortable oh, they yeah. need to understand what his role is it seemed like they're trying to make him a power forward for some reason let this guy be a sniper this guy's not going to play defense just accept it let if him go you, out okay. there and be the player that he is so if you see you know he had that end-to-end goal last year that was like shades of who was it freddie bonine mm-hmm. right like i would love to see more of that but i also you know i don't want that to be his whole character because we discussed this just a few minutes ago we know what his whole character is he's ov 2.0 right yeah. so if he can do an end to end rush goal here and there fantastic that's beautiful to watch and great to see but i really think most of us and him included, just want to see him stand in the circle and bomb it just like he always does. Mm-hmm. They just need to utilize his talents to the best of his ability. Like, just put him in positions to succeed. You're exactly. not expected to make the playoffs this year, so you're, you're not going into this year with high, sky-high expectations. Several goals for the Blue Jackets 
and we could talk about some of the goals, but one of the goals mm-hmm. that the should have this year is to make sure this guy's comfortable, right. make sure he wants to be here, make yep. sure he's in the long-term plans. And one of the ways that you know he's going to be in your long-term plans is if he has a successful season. And one of the right. ways to make sure he has a successful season is putting him in positions to succeed. And I think Lars can do that. Um, like, obviously, he absolutely the power, can. Like, whether or not he does is the question. Obviously, the power play wasn't great uh, last year. And this kind of bleeds into question number four on this article is how will Larson handle his first, you know, head coaching job in the NHL? Um, obviously, the power play wasn't great, but we know that because that's what his position was we can guesstimate pretty well that he's an offensively minded coach. And it was a while ago with a lot of different players, but he did have a good American hockey league record when he coached Springfield. My hope for, for Lars and the best thing I think he can do is take a more hands-off approach with the power play, focus on being the general, right? Guide the ship. And, hire someone you trust to run the power play. If you want to step in, step in when you feel you need to. Right. But make make sure you're coaching this hockey team and not specific units. Right, exactly. Um let's see. Just looking at his services, he was an assistant starting in 1415 under Todd Richards and then and then all the way through when John came in in mm-hmm. 15. Um, so he knows a good majority of these players already. He knows a good majority of these players from his days as an assistant coach. And, you know, while I did say earlier that, you know, a lot of the fan base isn't jazzed about it, what I would, a good thing about this, though, a lot of the players do seem to be jazzed by it. A lot of oh, players yeah. have really bought in. Um, they seem to really like him. They seem to really respect him. Mm-hmm. So that that is one thing that we do have going for us is the fact that we did hire in organization in house. It is a familiar face, right? And it is someone the players already have the respect for. Yeah. So I think that definitely helps in terms of building the report between court coach and players. Mm-hmm. So I think he'll do just fine. Like there's low expectations on the team and Brad can do what he feels is necessary to turn this more into his team. Let me tell you, man, like if the Blue Jackets this year go out, win 33 games, miss the playoffs by a mile. And, you know, a lot of the same things come up as last year, but Liam Foodie develops a little bit. Mm-hmm. You see a little bit of something there. You see a little bit of something from Boakvist. Texier. Play, scores 40 goals. Like, fans will be happy. We care more yeah. about player development. Of, of We care way more about the development of our young players this upcoming season than we do Correct. in terms of win-loss record. Because you'd rather see that development of your young players who are your core for the future right. than you would – I'd much rather see those guys develop than see like uh, stagnation of some of these guys, but they win games. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely like, I just want to see consistency out of individual guys. Just to know what we have with those individual guys. Because part of a rebuild 
yeah, you know, rebuilding isn't just about trades, drafting, you know, acquiring and, and fifty waiting. million picks like the Coyotes are doing. Exactly, like, like that. That's <laughs> that's a major part of it. But no part of a rebuild is bigger than actually developing right. the players. Exactly, and this is a good opportunity to see firsthand at the highest level the development of some of our younger players because mm-hmm. we saw we've seen flashes from some of these kids like we've seen flashes from tax we've seen flashes from foodie we've seen flashes from a lot of these young guys but there feels like there's a little bit of a stagnation in terms of their development because the style that we played under torts was about winning games mm-hmm. with the core that we had you know and, and now that now that he's gone i feel like maybe we can see Texier and Foodie flourish a little bit with bigger roles. You would hope so. And a different style of hockey. Yeah. So just to wrap this up, um, at least on the five questions part, question number five is uh, do we have enough centers? I would say no <laughs> in terms of bona fide centers. Yeah, yes, exactly. We have yes and no for this we have enough bodies who can play the center position yes we don't have really any we don't have a true number one center yet exactly. i think rosovic's a very good number two center um and he can play number one to start the year like i'm he not can play, yeah he can play number one center this year but he, you're not you're not really going anywhere as a team with him as your number one center and we know that because we know the expectations for this team so we're and that's fine also that. like that's not a slight against jack at all no, it's just, it's number one centers. That's an elite position. You have to be an elite talent. Right. And you have to be a very well-rounded guy mm-hmm. to be a number one center. There's no, there's nothing, nothing wrong with being a, a good number two center. That's I did he read He's a good player. somewhere. I did read somewhere that we're still technically in the mix for Eichel. So, I doubt that happens. And that's actually, honestly, I like Jack Eichel a lot. That's not a route that I want to go. Like, I mean, it'd be cool. It'd be nice. Because then we'd finally have that <laughs> guy. Cool. But, you know, at the same time, like you said, you know, I don't know if he'd gel well. So, I don't know. It, but, it's more so about the injury than anything, to be honest. That too, yeah. And I'm just... It just the only reason I say it is because we haven't seen this before. A superstar with this kind of an injury, man, mm-hmm. like in in this league, what do we expect from this guy when he comes back? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's very and it's, and it's it's not easy to take that gamble. Like you know the talent, but like when you don't know, there's so much uncertainty around the injury. You have to give up a lot to get him, and you're going to be paying him ten million a year, man. That's that's not easy. It's a really tough, um, it's a tough position to be in if you're Eichel, if you're the Sabers, if you're any of the and if you're a team clubs. that wants to get him, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, give me just a second. I'm going to. Yeah, of course. Okay. Um. So I think we answered all of those pretty sufficiently in terms of just getting our opinions out there i think so absolutely um and i mean you you guys can agree with us you could disagree with us we don't care (laughs) like we're just we're just here to talk about it i mean like 
debate us all you want like exactly yeah camaraderie on the twitterverse right mm-hmm. <laughs> um so we talked last episode that we were going to go more in depth on the league's covid protocols for this upcoming season which i had an article but i can't seem to find it so i found this other article just basic like basically this article is about the um player's decision to go to the olympics and it does have a little blurb in here about the general protocols so they're a work in progress but expected to be extremely strict there's going to be um everybody's supposed to like they'll have to be fully vaccinated undergo daily testing request frequent temperature checks socially distance wearing masks basically everything that we've done up to this point is all going to be a part of this bubble in beijing so i think i think that's going to be what the league is going to try to do as well not necessarily the bubble part but expecting full vaccinations still having testing for unvaccinated players if they need it wearing the masks that whole deal Mm -hmm. which i don't know how much longer we're going to see this kind of stuff yeah i hope it goes away soon yeah that would be nice we can get back to normal life (laughs) yeah i'm like me personally and i don't want to make this like a political thing but i'm just sick of wearing a mask (laughs) okay it doesn't have to be a political thing because like you know where i stay i'm sick and tired of it too yeah it's it's so like it's happened long enough exactly you know like i just like you know i'm vaccinated i just i don't want to wear it anymore you know yeah i personally there's nothing wrong with feeling that way no and i personally haven't gotten mine yet because i'm still like just a little on the fence with it like which one do i take if i'm gonna get one and that whole kind of thing but that's just where i'm at so in terms of the league they ran the bubble really well they did they did a very good job with that they deserve a lot of credit for that oh yeah for sure and i mean i'm pretty sure like rob manfred in the mlb like consulted with gary bettman about the whole bubble situation last year yeah i hate rob manfred (laughs) so i think yeah um they did well with last year's you know just like with the pause and then making sure they took enough time to develop the plan that they had and now that we have vaccines available i think the league will be smart enough to be able to say hey this is what we're at the very least requesting everybody follow and wanting everybody to do. Mm-hmm. So um, that's not necessarily the most in-depth analysis because again, they don't have, I say they, but like I couldn't find many details right. on the actual process. It wouldn't surprise me if we yeah. go back to regular playoffs Mm-hmm. come next summer i know I, I think that we're going to like regular how i mean just look at college football right like i mean seeing like the, all those full stadiums and everybody in there yeah and baseball it's, like, it's just you it's see, beautiful to see, see man the, 
Like, did you see when the baseball season started and like first game, the Texas Rangers were boom, yeah. full capacity, everything. Yeah, full capacity. Yeah. And just like being able to see some sports with full crowds. Like I'm going to go to Bears Browns uh, oh, week nice. three in Cleveland. That's going to be nice. It's going to be a full stadium mm-hmm. and it's going to feel like life is kind of back to normal which is yeah I went, nice that's I went, what i want to experience i went to a uh, reds brewers game a couple months ago and mm-hmm. granted they lost because amir garrett <laughs> blew the damn thing and that was when castellanos got hurt and it was just it was i mean i told you about going to the game it was a fun yeah experience like we had our seats like right behind the smokestacks it was amazing because that was around my birthday i think right yeah it was yeah speaking of birthdays my uh hopefully one of my birthday presents this year is going to be tickets to that columbus colorado game we probably won't end either we're going to have to record the show early or we're just going to have to not have a show on that saturday because i'm going to that game (laughs) hopefully right yeah i'm sure we can figure something out yeah but that's another couple months down the road yeah we don't have to figure that out right now in September. <laughs> right. Um, let's get back into the uh, into um, Kak and Yemi stuff because this All has right. been this What's has new? still been like talk of the town kind of over the last couple of weeks, especially with Montreal not you know matching it, and now he's a part of Carolina. We offered all of our opinions on that last episode, but. Um, Stuff came out that, okay, here's just a question I want to pose to you. Do you think because this has been, this was the first successful offer sheet since Dustin Penner in 2007? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, no joke. Right. So do you think we might see another one? Another successful one? one more. Like this offseason? At least another attempt. No. No? No. And the only reason I say that is because I feel like it's probably too late. Um, a lot of teams right. are trying to figure out their own cap situations. It's t- like, I'm surprised that there was even one just because of all the factors of the pandemic mm-hmm. and what the impact that's had on the salary cap. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have guessed that one would have happened this off season. I didn't want to mention this, like just as a separate topic, but if you look at cap friendly, there are currently 11 teams over the cap. It, it's hard. That's, that's why it's like, it, it's so difficult because for, as far as like offer sheets are concerned, it has to be the right situation. Let's you see. have to, you, you usually you're going to, you're trying, you're, you're a team that's on the cusp that feels perfectly okay with giving up whatever draft picks mm-hmm. and you have to have the salary cap space available to make it happen. Carolina fits this mold. You know, mm-hmm. Dougie Hamilton walked. You know, they traded Nadelkovich. Right. You know, a, a lot of a lot of money freed up for them this offseason because they're able to replace certain guys cheap. You know, they replaced Hamilton with Tony D'Angelo cheap. Um, they they brought in both um, Freddie Anderson. Freddie and... Anderson was a good pickup. <laughs> I'm not sure about the money yet. I, I think honestly, I like the the Ronta. I like the run to a pick lot more too. just yeah. because just because of the money, two years, two million. I'm kind of okay. 
that. Like the so, chances that he doesn't live up to that. I mean, that's so low. So like my point here is well, they've done a good job. Dante's just also got to stay healthy. Yes. Well, same for the Anderson. Freddie, so, yeah. So they've done a good, good job of replacing parts for mm-hmm. cheaper rates. And they had the money available. They're a team that's pretty good that expects to compete for a cup. Yeah. And that's why they are they're able to pull off a successful offer sheet. Or to... even just even an offer sheet attempt. Yes. These these situations that line up so perfectly don't ha- happen very often. And that's why, frankly, we don't see them. Okay, so I want to just quickly, because I mentioned all these teams that are over the cap. Uh, the top team is obviously the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> with their cap hit right now. Like, And this is all before everybody goes on LTIR, because we know that's what people are going to do. And they're going to send people down and just do whatever they can, right? Mm-hmm. The projected cap hit for the Tampa Bay Lightning as of today, $88 million, or yeah, $88,365,955. Is that even with Seabrook and LTIR? Nobody's on LTIR yet. Okay, okay, so that's, okay. Okay, so that, so that you know, they have their solution as to why they can make certain moves. Yeah, and then yeah. right below them is Montreal. Uh Yes, Montreal's really all the way up there. 88, 226, 370. Uh, Winnipeg's God, I guess 87. No wonder they didn't keep Yes, Perry. I mean, like, where are you going <laughs> to yeah. get the money, you know? Uh, Winnipeg's 87 million. Dallas, 85. The Jets are all the way up there? That's that's honestly surprising because. I don't know. You know, maybe that's not because I'm, I'm thinking like their defense is kind of trash, but they finally had to pay yeah. Pignac and. More okay, I, I, I could yeah, see yeah, that yeah. now. Yeah, uh, Dallas 85.5. Uh, that's not Isl- a surprise. Islanders 85.2. Uh, Oilers 84.7. Blackhawks 84.5. Carolina yeah. is up here 83.2. Vegas isn't. Where's Vegas at? Uh, let's just, I'm just going down this list. Uh, 84. 82.89 Toronto, 82.18 Pittsburgh, and then the last team on the list with no cap space right now uh, because they are at 81,537,439 is Vegas. Okay. I thought Vegas would have been a little bit worse, but I guess they've done a pretty good job managing their situation. The first team with space is Philly, and they only have $381.5,000. Oh, I was really hoping you were going to say they only had three hundred eighty-one dollars. <laughs> that would have been a lot funnier. It wouldn't surprise me. Chuck Fletcher is just like everywhere. Yeah, they've had a good off season. I like what they've done this off season. Not I'm a gonna... huge fan of the wrist alignment move, but I mean, I'm gonna miss it... Cam so much. Yeah. He's, he's um, going to do well there, though. I think he will. Especially if he plays with, like, Giroux. Or even if he plays with, like, Hayes and Farabee. That would be fun. I, I, was, I was thinking he's probably going to play with Farabee a lot. And I think those two will form a good connection. That'd be fun. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention on the Kakanyemi stuff is uh, they're going to do what we suggested they do. 
technically, and uh, start him off on the left wing. Okay. So that's fair because I mean you have you have so many you have so much center depth because you know you've obviously got Aho, mm -hmm. you've obviously got Jordan Stahl, you've got Vinny Trocheck. Yeah. You know, when like we were texting about it, I was like, man, I forgot they had Trocheck, and then you were just like, oh, they're loaded. Yeah. There's still some question marks about that team as far as winning a cup, but like, there's no doubt about it. They're loaded, man. I mean, they, they've got, they, they've done such a good job in, in the I'm rebuild. Think. I'm trying to think. Let me, okay. I want to go to, excuse me, where are they? I'm trying to find them on, never mind, there they are. I just wanted to look at Carolina's roster. Okay. So imagine, so like your first line would be maybe something like Svetch, Aho, and Teravinen, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Then imagine like, I don't know, Kakanyemi, Nietzsche's Niederreiter. <laughs> as, as what, your third line? Second or third. Because that's your third line. That's a gross third line. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, like, just looking at their center depth, for guys that are listed here as center, whether that's primary or secondary position, you have Sebastian Ajo, Jesperi Kakanyemi, Jordan Stahl, Vinny Trocek, Jordan Martinuk can play all three. Mm -hmm. Uh, Derek Stepan, I forgot they got him. Oh, they did. Damn. Nietzsche is still on his entry level. Yeah. And he, and yeah, he, he plays, he's a center, but he's been playing wing just because they're so loaded right. at center. And then, and then they also have Steven Lorenz. So you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys listed as centers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're loaded down the middle because. That's crazy. Because, like, we talk with the Blue Jackets, like, oh, we have so many centers, but do we really have centers? Because a lot of them are, like... They play you know, they more they, often yeah. than not. But, like, Carolina's, like, legit. Ajo is a center. Yes, Stahl, Stahl is, is a center. center. Trocek is a is center. Is a center, yeah. And Natchez is a center, but they've been, like, oh, my God, we can't, we're, we're not going to play, like, on the fourth freaking line. No, you're, you're going to have to become a winger. Exactly. In order to stay in your top six role, you got to, yeah, you got to convert. They, they, they can move Martinuk back to the wing now because they can play Stepan on their fourth line. Exactly. Dude, a Martinuk, Stepan, and, like, Josh Levo fourth line. Oh. It's a really solid fourth line. I mean, because <laughs> Stefan's not the player that he used to be, but he's still no. an effective bottom six guy. And I still, I love Derek Stefan. Just as a player, like ever since I started following the sport more, just hearing his name all the time, I'm like, this guy is a really good player. And if, if they if they <laughs> can get some consistency out of. If, if they can stay healthy and get consistency out of Ranta and Anderson, mm -hmm. I mean, that the, this is a team that could legitimately compete for. Oh, a dude, they, they are. If they are as good as they look on paper on the ice at the at minimum, I expect final four. 
Yeah. Like at I mean, this very team, minimum, I expect conference finals out of this team. This team, absolutely. You look at them on paper, even after losing Dougie Hamilton. Yeah. That's the thing that, that happened. This they, they lost a top 10 defenseman in the National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. And this team still on paper, if you just look at the skaters. Slavin, is Shea, a top, Pesci, Ian Cole, Ethan Bear. D'Angelo. Yeah, they got Ethan Bear. I'm Brendan Smith. You got Brendan Smith from Rangers. Keep all the all the uh, like the antics aside for Tony D'Angelo. He's still a good player. Oh, he's still a good player. So like, if you look at everything on paper with the Hurricanes, man, this team should. This team is so good. They've put themselves in a position where they will go as far as their goaltending takes them. Easily, like again, as long as the goaltending shores up. They will easily challenge for a spot in the final four if and that's the thing. They don't need and when we say like they'll take this team will go as first as goaltending takes them, we don't mean that in oh goaltending's gonna be very good for them. If goaltending's very good, they can win. No. You need them to be average in that. (laughs) You just need these guys to not lose your games. Yeah, Freddie on average is a nine like Freddie's average is like nine fifteen or more. Yes. If, if these if if these guys could give you nine oh nine nine ten goaltending, that doesn't blow you away. But you easily win hockey games with oh, that kind sure. of goaltending with this roster. It's crazy, man. They're they're going to challenge for first place in the division, no problem. They as they should. I mean, because because the Penguins are continuing to get older. They're not what they used to be. Same mm-hmm. thing with the Capitals. Islanders are going to grind them down a little bit. I, I Here's the thing. Islanders are built for the postseason. They'll make the playoffs, but they're never really going to compete for a division title because the, their their hockey is played in in the playoffs. The exactly. Yeah. But, yeah, this Hurricanes team, keep an eye on them. Like, I don't care who you cheer for. Keep an eye on them. They're going to be so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you ready to make our friend Danny mad? Sure, let's do it. <laughs> Marco Dano signed to the Czech Extra Liga. So his NHL career is essentially done. Siri played Marvin's room. <laughs> it's, it's a bummer because, God, he was the one that we thought was going to show the most promise yeah, out of that 13 like, of the, draft yeah. class. I liked him the most At least out, out of, of the 13 picks. first rounders. Yeah. I liked him the most out of all those picks and, and God, he showed that promise early, man. Yeah. There's a reason. There's a reason when we traded for Brandon side, one of the players that Chicago was like, we absolutely have to have was Marco Dano. Right. Like it's, such God, a shame. It, it's just, it's disappointing. Cause, cause he's a great guy too. And you know, he's so sweet and he follows me on Twitter. So I'm always going to work for him. <laughs> I forgot. Wasn't that like the second episode you mentioned that? Yeah, I mentioned that, and then I showed it. Like, you showed it. It's the most random thing ever. <laughs> I wonder well, if he it's... likes my Bachelor of Paradise tweets. Because it's funny, because we thought like it was just this like Jose Batista style thing where like he follows everybody. It's a, no, no, just... and it's like no. It's like he legitimately likes these people. Follows 156 people. I feel terrible. I don't even follow him back. Oh. <laughs> and he follows me. Dude. You should though, because 
doesn't his bio still like represent that he was a draft pick of ours and it's just like oh. official twitter account of number 27 overall draft pick uh by columbus blue jackets currently play for nhl team at blue jackets nhl slash and then he's got like another thing that just says slovakia like i feel that this guy doesn't really like tweet that often if you look he just right. like a lot of it's just um bell let's talk tweets like well there are a lot of players that. that barely don't even update their bios exactly throughout so, their like, careers you just scroll down a little bit and it goes all the way back to like 2017 so this guy is like never on twitter mm-hmm. i just love the idea that like he, he goes on twitter you know first time right. in like months to update something and he just like you know maybe scrolls through it and he's like <laughs> who's this j kid who's this j kid and why the hell is he tweeting so much about bachelor in paradise <laughs> <laughs> what's his buddy doing promoting this show so much yeah what's going on with this guy why do i follow this guy he doesn't even follow me back <laughs> This guy's a nobody. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, like fifth liners, please do. Like I know Dennis has already given us a shout out. We love that guy. Because he's a legend. He is a legend. And I mean he called us legends in our own right. Because mm-hmm. we are. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, please, fifth liners, follow the show, whether it's YouTube, whether it's Spotify, you know follow the twitter that we made because like we specifically made that just so we wouldn't clutter our own feeds with it yeah i already do that enough with bachelor in paradise tweets so <laughs> so yeah go go follow tweet about this podcast too everybody would unfollow me <laughs> go fo- go follow the podcast i put up um a new background for a reason hell yeah um so after dano okay this one is a little weird like it's not weird but it's just like i've seen a lot of takes on twitter that were oddly divisive sure so the the nwhl renamed themselves the other day Mm -hmm. to the premier hockey federation and their logo is actually pretty cool Mm -hmm. and i've seen i like it i like it too but it's just like why the division yeah, I don't get it. What are people upset about? I don't know, because what's the other organization? The uh, Professional Women's Hockey mm-hmm. Association, the PWHA? Yeah. Because we've been waiting on them to like merge or come to some agreement to make one league. Mm-hmm. And I mean... I think financially it would make sense for them to do that. I'd say the biggest thing that I like about this, like, is like the labels that like are put on it. Like, um, I'm trying to think of the best way to explain this. Like, we want people just to to watch this for the hockey. We don't want to label this women's hockey. It's just hockey. You know what I mean? Does it make sense? It does. Yes. And I mean, like, because these these aren't female hockey players. They're hockey players. They're hockey players. They just they're hockey to players. Be women. They're playing hockey. Yeah, and that's that's how we're we're looking at this. Exactly. We don't want to. And I mean, like, we as fans want the NHL to step in and say, "Hey, let's figure something out to make you guys more profitable and yeah. let the Support women succeed." Them. Support yeah. them. 
They deserve it. Absolutely. And I mean, that goes for all the markets too. Like this, I keep wanting to say NWHL because I know it's only been a couple of days since the rebrand. Yeah. Yeah. But like, seriously, if you're in a PHF market, then go watch the games. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like if you can afford to go watch the games, go watch the games. I'm in one right now. They're awesome. Right. The Buttes, right? Yeah, the Buttes. A lot of fun man a lot of fun oh sure i'm sure it is um hell bg has women on their club teams like yeah this is nothing new exactly it just needs support to function so mm-hmm. the main message here is go yes <laughs> go attend There's, yeah it's fun it's awesome you won't regret it <laughs> Exactly. Especially if you watch, like we talked about uh, the women's worlds last episode, like, Oh my God, what a game. Like that gold medal game was awesome. Those round robins were amazing. Mind blowing. It's, it's great hockey. So if you like good hockey, go. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) I like good hockey. Yeah. Any any chance I get to go to watch good hockey, I go watch it. Why do you think I don't go to Sabres games? Give it another 10 years. Eh. Yeah. It's either going to be 10 years, years, either 10 years or whenever the Pagulas finally decide to cave in and sell, which I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. Give it another 20 years when Jack Eichel Jr. is the second overall pick and he's leading Uh, them out. (laughs) And he comes out with a herniated disc in his neck. Damn. They're, just, they're struggling. Sam Reinhart Jr. has just been <laughs> traded to the Panthers. <laughs> Victor Olofsson the second. <laughs> it's all just sons that are all juniors. It's just all sons, yeah. <laughs> the junior sabers. <laughs> the junior sabers. Jeff Skinner Jr. Imagine that. Oh my God! He just signed, and he he just, he signed, just signed a fifteen-year year backloading deal. Fifteen-year deals are legal again. <laughs> Those back diving contracts. <laughs> oh my God! Okay, that'd be, um, that'd be ridiculous. Okay, after a good laugh, we got two like down-to-earth sad-ish stories and then a couple of things to bring it back up to end it today as i saw scrolling through twitter this morning um you know for our international fans whether it's like the uk blue jackets guys or whoever else around like europe this is the 10-year anniversary of the locomotive yaroslavl accident years it's been 10 years that's crazy i saw wow. a tweet from cbj prospects that we had a prospect at the time on that team god like, it's one of the saddest stories in all of hockey i remember that it just it it, it rocked the hockey world it yeah when it happened i wasn't following like at the time like 
right. really. But just hearing about it over the years that I have, yeah, it just hurts. Absolutely, it's it's it's, it's some of the saddest stories ever. I got God, it's crazy to think it's been ten years because I was twelve when that happened. Right. Wow right. Think about like, damn. There's my yeah. adult voice. <laughs> but yeah, that's. I remember being at a loss for words when it, when I first heard the news of it. So many people, way too young. Right. CSKA. Never, never forgotten. Uh, the team in Moscow, CSKA, uh, <laughs> visited all the graves this morning and had, you know out stuff on the graves yeah that was nice things for them to do oh yeah so you know 10 years it's unbelievable rest in peace to those guys yeah because wow couldn't imagine being in that kind of a situation like a plane crash or a boat sinking or something like that tragic right even just like a regular car accident like uh, yeah like the, the one we saw i think it was like three players die not yeah. too long ago the and three junior about, the three kids yeah yeah and then we also talked about uh the, the reunion for you know the bus accident that happened with the humble kids Humboldt. yeah yeah it's just terrible Yeah, um, not as heavy, <clears throat> but still kind of tough. We talked about how Carolina still got a really decent blue line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Gardner's out for the entire year. Yeah. Hip and that's, back surgeries. Yeah, I hope he's okay. That's, that's a rough thing to go to. But that's where they're actually getting their money from is him going on LTIR. Yeah. So, I mean, it's unfortunate. Hopefully they can get him back in time for the playoffs. You know, he's, he's not that even that defense. He's not even that old, is he? Uh, what is he at this point? Is he 31, 32? Is he? He's not like really old, but he, he's been around for, for at least a while because he, he was on that 2013 Leafs team. Yeah, he was on the infamous collapse team that drives everybody he, he was, crazy. He's the only, <laughs> he's a only he's, Leaf that was a part of the 2013, 2018, and 2019 collapse, I believe. Wow, he was a part of all three of those. All Ooh. three losses to the Bruins, Ugh. he was a part of. Gross. He's a he's thirty one. He turned thirty one back in uh, back on Independence Day. Mm-hmm. Minnesota kid. No, I'm lying to you. Kadri was on those teams too. Oh, he was on all. Three. I think those yeah, are the only two, though. Sense. I think those are the only two. But that yeah. that makes sense, though. Yeah. Man, poor Kadri. Like, <laughs> I feel kind of more bad for Kadri than I do Jake. I, I don't mean, know why. Who knows? I, I, I don't know. I feel, I feel worse for Jake only because Kadri's luck is looking up. He's in Colorado. I mean, as long as he just keeps his temper in check. 
God, man, I mean, it's just like every single year in the playoffs. Because here's the thing, man. He's been good in the regular season with it. It's like, oh, this guy's changing and then the playoffs happen. And he's he's just like, all right, time to do Ooh. something stupid. And it's like, dude, what the hell are you it's doing? It's like, chill out. Come on. Because he had the one long run with Colorado in his first year there, and he was fine. And then the next year, he and, blasts and, Justin Falk. Not only was he fine, like, do you remember how good he was in the playoffs? Yeah. He was a joke in the playoffs. He was unbelievable. And his production was is the best I've ever seen him play. His his discipline just needs to, yeah. That's yeah, the biggest just... thing with Nas. Anyway, um, fun stuff to finish. Um, small thing. Uh, so last year the Coyotes had the Crescent Moon at Center Ice, which I thought was bang on. It was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, this upcoming year they're gonna bring the Kachina Coyote logo. Oh, Center they're gonna Ice. bring that to the Center. yeah. Oh, I love that. That's gonna be amazing. That's like what the, I want to see. Like the full blown hockey stick. Yeah. We need more Kachina in our life. We need more Kachina. Absolutely. I still kind of, I wish they would have kept the Crescent Moon though and just like Kachina branding on the jerseys and stuff because the Crescent Moon looks like perfect. It's a very, especially for center ice, but like I'm never going to complain about Kachina. It's clean at center ice, isn't it? Like having the Crescent Moon right there. Um, This weekend and this Thursday starts uh, football again. And you got yeah. pumped for that. I don't know about you. Um, I'm more of a college football guy. Sure. So I am excited for, you know, for the Bears this season. But I mean, I'm excited for the Buckeyes. I am. Um, I paid forty dollars for the Buckeyes to win this weekend. <laughs> we, the way um, I say that is, um, I I put forty dollars on on Oregon money line. So either uh, I'm paying forty dollars and the Buckeyes are going to win, and I'm going to be happy. Or they're going to lose, and it's going to be okay because I'm going to get 220. Going to be fine. Life's going to be okay on Saturday. I have nothing to lose. Um, Except for $40. Sure. Didn't I share um, that – how long ago was that? A couple of weeks ago when I shared, like, the um, the angriest or, like, the most drunk fan bases, and, like, we covered three of the four? Yeah. <laughs> between the, between – because, like – There's the Bears, Bengals, and yeah. Bills. So, like, the way my family splits up in our, like, old household is Middle and I are Bengals fans. And then my mom, the youngest brother, and my stepdad are all Browns fans. So, it's just, like, this every single week. We're just, like, tripping at each other. Yeah. (laughs) Go Browns. Welcome to the jungle. Joey Burrow, Joe Mixon, they're back, baby. I hope Burrow does well this season. Please. I'm oh like, God. I'm praying your offensive line doesn't get him killed. Dude. I... It's always the O-line. That's yeah. the that's the thing. For Cincinnati, it's always been the O-line. And Mike Brown doesn't want to do shit. Drives me crazy. I, 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 because I, I went to the draft because it was only like 20 minutes away from me. So, like, oh, screw it. Yeah, you know, sure. You know, why, why the hell not? 
Yeah. I could I couldn't believe that they didn't pick. I think Sewell was right there. They could have picked a franchise left tackle and they picked Jamar Chase. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I'm excited to see what Chase can do. Yeah, the only problem though is it's hard for Chase to do anything if after two seconds Burrow snaps the ball and he's already got a guy in space. You know what I mean? That's true. I do want to see the chemistry between Joey and T grow mm-hmm. more this year. Yeah. Like T. I Higgins love. Is good. And that's the I thing. You have Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. That's why. Like, and Tyler, yeah. You, it'd be one thing if you like get passed up on Sewell to like gets. I don't know, like maybe like a tight end, like who was really good or something like that. But like you already like you're fine at the receiver position. Just fair field left tackle. Yeah, exactly. Get some defense for your quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure your quarterback doesn't get killed. Like, if he's going to get hit, make sure he gets hit from, the like, his right side. Where he's, Don't let him get blindsided. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think with the way the AFC North is going to play out, because it's weird, because, like, I normally, I just cheer for Cincinnati on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Meanwhile, you're over here cheering for Cleveland and Buffalo and Chicago. Yeah. So it's, it's like you've got to keep teams. track of all these games. <laughs> Um, I definitely think like it's going to be tight between Buff or Buffalo. It's going to be tight, be tight between Baltimore and Cleveland this year. It is. And Pittsburgh's going to regress and mm-hmm. Cincinnati, I hope doesn't regress, but at no, least you'll like, progress. like, yeah, I hope they do make at least some sort You're of six, progress. seven win team. I think, which, yeah, I mean, I'd be that's, fine. That's that. progress. That's progress. Something. I think Steelers are probably seven, eight win team, and then whoever stays healthiest between Baltimore and Cleveland will win that division. Yeah, and that's um, my insight on the AFC hockey division. <laughs> it's uh, it's gonna be fun to see what everybody does because like Mac Jones stepping in in New England, uh, Trey Lance might get a couple of licks in San Francisco. All the young guys, like I really I'll do respect to. You your former guy, Andy Dalton. Um, I just want to see Justin Fields. I know. So do I like, I love Andy, but come on. Everybody wants to see Justin. I think he's going to be so good. <sighs> he's going to be great. As long as they just let him play. Yeah. That'd be um, great. It's going to be fun to see like, cause we're starting with what Dallas and Tampa on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And Dallas Tampa's going to destroy them. I'm trying to think because didn't they announce um, Terod Taylor as their starter Thursday? Dallas? No, wait, that's Houston. Yeah. Yeah. So Terod's starting in Houston. Dak, I'm still unsure what's going on with Dak. God, that's another devastating injury, man. Like, I hope he comes back 100% from this. So, who do they don't know? So, what are they doing? Well, Dak's probably going to start. If they're looking for a backup, though, they'll probably send Cam. I mean, I don't know how Jerry Boy's getting it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know what Jerry Boy feels about that, but it's all on him. Power mad, 80-year-old son of a gun. Good old Jerry Boy. Good old Jerry Boy. <laughs> Um, Tom's gonna be Tom. Gronk's gonna be Gronk. Like the Bucks are just running it back. Yeah, they're they're gonna be fine. 
I'm excited to see what Scotty does. I hope Scotty Miller gets an elevated role on the Bucks wide receiver core because he's one of my BG boys. Yeah. BG guy. Beat Kevin King. <laughs> Caught a touchdown inexplicably in the NFC Championship game. Hell yeah, Scotty! <laughs> because for some reason they didn't give safety help over the top. Had <laughs> <laughs> a boy, Scotty. I remember seeing that just being like, what the hell? <laughs> like, well, it's funny because, like, just to, I guess, just to wrap it up, going back down into college, they were great because, like, one of the first pieces of merch I ever bought was a 2015 MAC championship shirt, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. all the guys that were awesome on that team graduated Maddie Johnson, Matt Johnson, and everybody like that. Yeah. That and then was... just like all throughout my college tenure, they were ass. Yeah. They, 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 they really struggled after Dino left to go to Syracuse. Drove me crazy. And then, and then you know, Matt Johnson, obviously, once he graduated, that sucked. Because that dude was throwing for like 5,000 yards a season. They were running like a Cliff Kingsbury offense. Uh, and it was just so much fun to watch. Frustrating. It's frustrating because, like, I knew we were going to get killed by Ohio State, but I didn't know it was going to be that bad. It was like 77 to 10. Yeah, there's, there's no shame in getting killed by Ohio State disgusting but and then like it was fun because one of the times i got my family to come up uh they were playing eastern kentucky and one of my friends from high school it it was a tight end on eku oh that's pretty cool so it was fun to like we ended up sitting in the visitors section for some odd reason and we got to see him on the sidelines i remember like watching like this is like a while ago. This is the Matt Johnson era. Like you guys beat Indiana at home. That was like a big one on ESPN. Like Indiana wasn't great, but it's still a Big Ten team that really mm-hmm. came to BG. And you came back and won the game late. <laughs> Roll and along, they, I Ziggy, baby. That's right. Yeah, they've just God, ever since Dino left, they just they've been bad. Uh. Which again, football is like my number three on my like. Is baseball number two? Yes, baseball is number two. For okay, me. I figured. Um. So it's like it doesn't What's bother me one? too much. But at this, what? <laughs> number one, Batman. Oh, of course. It's cricket. <laughs> it's, cro- it's croquet. <laughs> it's rugby. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> anyway, get, get back to what you're saying. Um, yeah, it, it, it's like because I went, I would go to a couple of games a year mm-hmm. for the football side, but then once the hockey season started, I was living in the madhouse on Mercer, like right. <laughs> That's just how it is in Bowling Green, like at least you know until the football program improves mm-hmm. it's going to be like it is a hockey school yeah right now and probably for the first deservedly so because <laughs> i mean yeah like all throughout the time that i was there we would have at least one or two nhl prospects yeah every single year and you'd at least be like watching a bunch of nhl prospects too from other schools coming into town one of my favorite stories 
just and this is a little inappropriate but i mean come on this shows marks to explicit you know this um my favorite thing to do was every time i would go to a game against alabama huntsville mm-hmm. they had three guys on there one was named dix d-i-x one was named wood and one was named teats T-E-E-T-S. So every time this guy Make touched it too the puck, easy. every time this guy touched the puck, we would be like, Toots! <laughs> and just chirp the hell out of this one guy. We, were, we played like Air Force like freshman year, and they had like the senior. Um, his last name was Cook, but it was spelled K-O-C-H. And my buddy oh. Matt, for some reason, was still like every time he touched the puck, he was just like, "Cock, <laughs> hey cock." <laughs> I love college student sections and the way they chirp. <laughs> so, so stupid. So much fun. <laughs> I, dude, seriously, like around homecoming, I want to come back to campus sometime over the hockey season. I got to take a trip back up. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my god. I just miss that place. Bowling Green is gorgeous. I've actually been on campus. I should make it's a trip so sometime good. just to like to see a game because I do have friends that go there. I could probably stay there for a weekend and just go to like a game, maybe against. Dude, like... let me know. I'll try to come up at the same time. I'll show you around. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you where I lived for the first three years of school. Right. Like the whole deal. <laughs> but yeah, that's probably enough gushing about my college days that are not that far behind me but, yeah, but enough yeah. with that let me gush about my college days that are current <laughs> the um the nfl season's looking to be pretty sweet honestly like with just all the storylines that are going on between rookie quarterbacks and guys that moved like, who knows what the hell's going to go on with Carson Wentz? I, tell you, I know it's a hockey podcast, but I'm going to say right now, this quarterback draft class has the potential to be one of the best ever. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Trevor Lawrence is going to be unbelievable for the Jags. Mm-hmm. Zach Trey. Wilson looks pretty good. Trey Lance. Trey Lance, is gonna. they're going to give him time to develop, and, and he's going to do with Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Justin Fields. Yeah. Like Mac Jones, Mac attack is gonna be wild. Like I'm no Patriots fan by any stretch. The like imagination, he's gonna be working with McDaniel's, like man, like that's like I, I Mac's gonna be good. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, gonna... man. Like this class is up, and even like <laughs> one that's not talked about, like end of the second round, getting to learn behind Tom Brady that the the, uh, the Buccaneers got Kyle Trask from Florida. Oh, cool. Like, I think it could be good. And who knows? Maybe even the Vikings, they took Kellen Mond at the third round. Maybe there's something there with him. Like, just got to see what they have this year with yeah. who they're bringing back. Because a, a lot of teams don't really change that much mm-hmm. from, like, season to season. So right, we'll just have to see how people run it back. And... um. Are you ready for some football? Yes, we are. Very, very, very ready for football. 
And here in about, what, a month and a half, we're dropping the puck. Hell yeah. Let's do it. Can't wait. <laughs> oh, and yes, please do reach out to us about the Fantasy League. Yeah. I made a couple of tweets on our brand Twitter about that already. I'll, you know, still be reaching out. We're going to try to hold the draft like around the first or whatever of October, one of the first weeks of October. Sounds good to me. So, yeah, take care, y'all, and we'll see you on Saturday. J. Jake Jackets, a podcast for fifth liners and all puckheads around. Follow the guys on Twitter at Snake Garinger, G-A-R-R-I-N-G-E-R, and at By J. Ashdown. And subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen. March on. March on.